Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. All this is just intrigue to me. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. See, senior. Wow, that was enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. There's somebody who's happy to be at work. What are you gonna? <laughs> Sons of uh, dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, trash day for me. We're under our, the tutelage of our general manager. Uh, Blue Virginia, maybe. Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about politics either. But there it is. Formerly Red Virginia, turning purple, turning blue. I'm not working for that general manager. <laughs> very, very few of our general managers have been pleased with your performance. So that's uh, you know that's, uh, the reviews and a big change. <laughs> yeah, I know it's also tiresome. I was just reading in the Wall Street Journal about Ba-da. how uh, the future. The future conundrum for space travel is gravity. That is the big knot they've got to unknot. I need to rewrite that one. That, I, yeah. Mm. I do the final You had graph. me, though. Gravity, you say. Gravity. The big knot they need to unknot. Right. That's why I need to yeah. rewrite this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I just wanted to say it again in case anybody missed it. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Did you know that... Um, <laughs> In space, I thought when no you said it, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> wow, um, that's the uh, uh, tagline from the first Alien movie. That is, is it correct. really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't watch science fiction. So, um, so up in space, uh, you're a giant knot <laughs> needs to be unknotted. Our astronauts uh, floating around in the uh, the space lab or whatever that thing's called, um, where they get zero gravity, they have to do two hours of exercise a day just to maintain their their muscle mass oh, and, yeah. not, and bone yeah. strength so you don't go the opposite direction. Fascinating. You end up with tiny little fragile chicken bones because uh, you yeah. don't stress yeah, them. Yeah, osteoporosis or whatever that's right, called. Yeah. Uh, happens really, really fast. And so, your bones are super brittle and would just break and you got no muscle mass. So you would just come back to Earth, get gravity for the first time in however long, and you would just crumple? <laughs> you, you, well, you'd be in bad shape. And you, yeah. it's not like you get your bone mass back again. Wow, no um, muscle mass, no bone mass. How long were you in space, Marsha? <laughs> oh, Wow. No Un- need for that. That was the sucker punch. Sure. Somebody just is. came up behind me in the bar and punched me in the ear. I don't know. <laughs> it was very funny, Joe. Worse than a sucker don't punch. Don't encourage him. <laughs> that was practically a look over there and then punch them. Conor McGregor wow. over here. Yeah. Oh, have you tried me whiskey? <laughs> Come over here, old man. I'll punch you again. <laughs> God dang. Uh, so I two suck. hours exercise a day up there in the space lab or whatever you call it so that you can just maintain your muscle mass and bone mass and you can't do it for very long. So they've got to figure out a way to either get human beings to to used to not having gravity mm-hmm. or, 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 or to create gravity easily or something like that before we're ever realistically ever going to be able to go somewhere and stay there for very long. It's funny, I hadn't read about that much, but that's clearly a hurdle that, that has not been gotten over yet. Oh, and it's an enormous one. Absolutely. 
Um, you don't need as much as I thought. The moon has one-sixth the gravity of, uh, of, the, of Earth, but Mars only has a third, so it's not as big a hurdle to get you up to enough gravity that you could uh, survive, they think. Yeah, but the period uh, while you're traveling in space oh, yeah. is oh, obviously yeah. That's huge. Right. Like a it, year it, there and back. So the very thing we must overcome to explore space will kill us or terribly, terribly weaken us in space. It's, it's almost a self-correcting mechanism. It's as if God is saying, look, I've tried like three or four different ways to tell you. Earth, stay on Earth. Don't go. Right. Yeah. That's not your hood over there. I don't I don't actually believe that, but it is kind of funny. Hmm. I, I was just reading about the Voyager 1 and 2 spacecraft that have now gone beyond our solar system into interstellar space. And they've made all sorts of scientific measurements of various uh, radioactive waves and beams and particles that I can't possibly comprehend. Um, but they're discovering amazing things about that part of the universe. Sure, but even that far out, we haven't even we just haven't even scratched the surface of oh, the universe. Absolutely, which is true. just amazing. Yeah. Maybe it's all about probes. You know, send the probes out. Leave the people here. You, you, you climb over the fence to watch your neighbor sunbathing. You're liable to get shot. Just send a drone. Implant a video camera in the fence or something like that. Just let's not go. It's just dangerous. Or, or there. don't watch your neighbor sunbathe. It's just a weird activity. That's that's one choice. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing great. Uh, yesterday I went to the dentist, got my teeth clean, no cavities, so I'm happy. You're looking I'm- sharp. Yeah, but I was thinking, you know, it was Halloween, and if only I had gone like last week, I could have put fake teeth in there. You know, and then when I open my mouth and she ah, goes to clean, go, you know, goofy suddenly a tooth falls out. I just, you know, start oh. screaming and say, what are you doing? You know, Some of those funny plastic Appalachian yeah. Hill Country teeth. Oh, I gotta, yes. Yes. People without a good dental care. Mocking the poor. Hilarious. Anyway, that would have been a great prank, though. It would have been a great prank. I I really do. (laughs) Yeah, my kids saw those teeth at the store, and uh, and I I actually think that ah, mocking people who don't have a good dietary habits or health care. Those children. That is terrible. Terrible gum disease. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> there, there is positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, and uh, I, I often, uh, I, I don't question a lot of things. I, I do what the internet tells me, which is why when, uh, when the internet says it's National Saxophone Day, I just mm. go with it. I'm not going to push back. <laughs> right. But I present to you what I believe to be the single greatest display of, of saxophonage that has ever existed. That is one Richie Jones on sax from Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. Oh, that's a good one. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? You know, along those lines, Positive Sean, I used to play saxophone. Did you really? Yes. Did you ever sound like this? Here is the sad, sad tale. Glenn Miller wasn't as nice a guy as everybody says. Just 
just another one. What was another the, one. Why wow. two in one? Wow. I just I'm stunned God. over here. The, the, the I'm, a, I'm a witness, Marshall. We can go to HR after the show. Funniest show ever. Yeah. Funniest show ever. I'd be glad to uh, give you a stipend uh, from that. By the way. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back in the day, when I was like in sixth grade, sixth and seventh grade, uh, we had a band, and I uh, cool. picked the alto sax. Awesome. And, you know, you work on it, you work on it, you work on it, and I was just starting to get good. I was just starting to really understand what it meant to, you know, be free and, you know, play. And then it turns out I had buck teeth. And I went to the orthodontist, and the orthodontist said, you have to stop playing sax. Oh, Really? Because it died. will aggravate your buck teeth. No kidding. Is that? Do they still believe that? Dennis from Footloose. I, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. But, but That had uh, to no. be disappointing. Yeah, and then I had braces. They put mm. braces on my teeth and, you know, straightened them out. But I was, I, I was almost there. You could have been something. You could have been I, the guy in the Jerry Rafferty song. I could have. I could indeed. <laughs> this could have been you, Mark. <laughs> Blowing in your long hair. Exactly. Yes. 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 Maybe in front of the moon hair. like a wolf. Yeah. You're leaning back with your eyes closed. Yes. <laughs> Wailing. Sacks raised to the moon. Yes. Oh, I have a good argument for why that is a great sax solo, but we've used up a lot of time. Maybe All right. later. All right. um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. Is Wednesday, November 6th, the year 2019, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. <laughs> sax talk coming up. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, let's begin the show now officially according to FCC rules and regs. Enough foolishness. Let's get down to business at Mark. But first, I would like to open this evening with a breathless update on how some obscure diplomat you've never heard of said something forgettable to an even more obscure Ukrainian government official about a topic that has literally nothing to do with your life or the future of our country. Then we're going to drone on about this non-story for the entire hour tonight and every night this week, hoping that by sheer volume and repetition, we can give it the illusion of relevance. Hope you find it edifying. <laughs> that was sarcasm, by That's the way. some good sarcasm right there. <laughs> what do we that got? That is the sarcasm with that riff was the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Uh, coming up, there's been an arrest in the Mexican cartel murders of good. Americans. An arrest. ABC spiking of the Jeffrey Epstein story having all kinds of ramifications. And if you fly, don't drink the water. I heard that uh, Stephanopoulos' name is being drugged into this because I'd forgotten yep. he is the uh, the dir- director of news at ABC. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, did he play a role in this? He almost yeah. would have to you have. Would, you would think so. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine and dandy. You got a great uh, freedom-loving quote of the day. John Stuart Mill, uh, among other things. Some harsh criticism of me, Joe Getty. I, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Well, it was very big of you to pull that out and uh, present it to us. Your time. Let us decide. <laughs> oh, you shut up. Let us decide. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sax boy. Armstrong and Getty. Now, guilty feet have got no rhythm. That uh, that YouTube video of that guy showing up various places playing the saxophone solo is one of the funniest things ever. Remember that? He's standing up on the checkout stand at the grocery store, on the table in the lunchroom. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, you people. Uh, you people with your ridiculous uh, claims. Your, uh, I mean, uh, d- d- 
Albert Eiler, Michael Brecker wants none of your greatest sax uh, solos. Dexter Gordon, Maceo Parker, Wayne Shorter. These are a list of names that prove I'm better than you. Mm. You Ignoramuses. Somebody found Wikipedia. Lester Young, (laughs) Sonny Rollins, John Coltrane. The names just trip off the lips. And, of course, the great Charlie Parker. Somebody in the newsrooms challenged my claim of greatest saxophone with that would say, what about yakety sax? Yeah, (laughs) wait a minute. Now you got my attention. Michael, make it so that I can play a little uh, uh, audio over here. All right. (laughs) You got that? Or or you have the the great uh, Charlie Parker. We're going to get serious. I don't really dig bop. Even though I like jazz, I don't like bop. It, too, it just, I don't get it. Oh, I love it's it. just too many notes for me. Oh, I love it. Oh, the groove, man. The groove. <laughs> Do you feel the groove? All right, that's enough of that. Mailbag. <laughs> Mailbag. We do have a little, uh, 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 a tiny update on impeachment later. And an explanation from a smart guy as to why we have a tiny update on uh, impeachment. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from John Stuart Mill. Four reasons for why free speech is necessary in a free society. The first and second being that a contrary opinion may be true or true in part. Therefore, may require to be heard in order to correct your own erroneous views. That's obvious. The third and fourth being that even if the contrary opinion is an error or uh, the airing of it may help to remind people of a truth and prevent its slippage, the truth slippage into an ignorant dogma which may in time, if unchallenged, itself become lost. To translate that, number one, you might be wrong. Number two, if your truth is challenged continually, it stays fresh and strong and doesn't lapse into just a saying. Hmm. Uh, it's it's just it's great. That, Do you know what year he said that? Uh, I don't. That's uh, actually quoted in uh, Douglas Murray's "The Madness of Crowds: Gender, Race, and Identity." John Stuart Mill. Thank you, Vicky, for sending that that along. For some reason, I'm guessing late 1600s, but I'll look it up. Well, he lived to be 175 years old, so it could be any time. The topic of this from Flambe is, and I ran, I ran so far away. (laughs) Very funny. Speaking of questionable musical choices. It's very generous of Rand Paul to step forth and join the likes of Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, Rush Limbaugh, and Joe Getty in the growing list of fringe pundits who are conspicuously more loaded with brawn than brain. <laughs> what? What did I do to deserve that? I was Yikes. off. I was off on John Stuart Bill by only two hundred years. Right. He said that around the uh, middle middle eighteen hundreds. Yes. Uh, <gasps> ah, Navy Tom. Admits himself he's gone way down the rabbit hole in designing rules for our next campaign death pool. (laughs) If indeed any of us are still employed the next time there is a large presidential field. If we ever have a presidential election again, if Trump doesn't just declare himself emperor. I heard he's the new Hitler. So, uh, yeah, um, our problem being it's 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 become increasingly clear that it's not clear when somebody is out. Wayne Messam, the former mayor of Sarasota or whatever he is, still claims to be in. He raised $5 last month. Was last it? quarter. Last quarter. So he is actively raising money to be president. <laughs> you, could, five spot. you could feed yourself at McDonald's, but not your friend. <laughs> and he claims to still be in. So in what sense is he still right, in? Right. Uh, so Navy Tom suggests the pool of candidates isn't set until the lineup of the first debate. 
That's when you make your draft choices. Only candidates who've made the debate can be selected from. Uh, what about a person who makes the second debate but didn't make or participate in the first? Start a waiver pool and make it oh, simple. Oh, my goodness. Um, the person with the last pick in the first round has the first pick in the waiver wire. For example, if Michael wanted to get rid of Liz Warren, he could pick up that billionaire Tom Steyer just got in. However, said billionaire would have to clear the waiver, meaning anyone. Okay. All right. It's, it's, okay. It, it'd be hard to do because even if you went with people that made the debate stage at this point, in what sense is Kamala Harris is still running? She's firing staff. She's closing offices. Well, she is not going to make it. She's just trying to figure out, how do I get out of this with the least financial damage? I guarantee you, all her meetings are about that now. Sure. How much debt can we get rid of? Although, I think you're you're forgetting that's part of the game. Uh, is the person so stubborn or foolish or, or whatever that they might hang on mm. way past their, their time? Christian sent this along. It's a meme, don't you know? My wife asked me why I spoke so softly in the house. I said I was afraid Mark Zuckerberg was listening. She laughed. I laughed. Alexa laughed. Siri laughed. (laughs) That's pretty good. I wonder if one of the reasons Beto got out, where some of these other candidates that have no chance to to, to do it stayed in, is he raised so much money. Right. He was a huge fundraising star when he was the rock star, so he doesn't have debts, probably. He probably has a a surplus that he's going to funnel somehow into a charity or something. Right. Or a uh, The Beto Fund. The Beto Fund. The Beto Fund to support progressive causes. Yeah, he's literally quitting while he's ahead. Yeah. Kamala doesn't have that luxury. She probably owes money. Yeah. Marshall's News coming up next. on impeachment at some point got an interesting uh, view from one pundit on why we're not talking that much about impeachment um which i like also emma watson an actress i've heard of but couldn't uh, picture off the top of my head um is uh, declared herself self-partnered she's not single she's self-partnered oh i congratulate her that's uh, hermione granger isn't it yes yeah and that would be from the uh, harry potter movie yes sir i've not seen one of those but mm-hmm. um She's self-partnered, which fits in with a story that's out today, some statistics on people who aren't married are killing themselves at a much higher rate. A great deal, practically all of the increase in suicide among adults, is the not-married crowd, hmm. which seems like it ought to be uh, talked about. It's Yeah, it's definitely worth observing. Yeah. Self-partnered, what does that even mean? I, I think it means, look, don't hit up on me. I don't want to go out with you. <laughs> I need to get to know myself there first. You go. Um, Marshall Phillips has the news. Well, we got a suspect under arrest now in connection with the murder of nine members of a family in Mexico. The three women and six children shot and burned after their cars were ambushed by a cartel on Monday. Now, the victims had dual American-Mexican citizenship. They were part of a fundamentalist Mormon community a little south of the border. Mexican law enforcement says the person that was arrested in the hills above Agua Prieta in the state of Sonora was heavily armed. The police say he was also holding two bound and gagged hostages. Well, looks pretty guilty. I have a strong suspicion that the Mexican government, which has an uneasy truce with the cartel in a lot of ways, yep. reminds me of the Saudi regime and Muslim fundamentalists, or Pakistan's like this too, but yeah. uh, they have they each understand their lines that they can't cross. 
You know, the Mexican uh, government doesn't go into X, Y, and Z and bust people or whatever. Right. Uh, meanwhile, the cartel doesn't slaughter tourists or whatever. Um, the cartel crossed the line. The government said, you got to throw somebody. you got to give somebody with the goat's horns on. And so this is the poor son of a gun who got picked. Really? Right? That's but the, interesting. Uh, that's, you know, that's my harebrained theory, but... It obviously it was an attack carried out by many people. Sure, we found the guy. It's uh, solved. That would be pretty easy. Yeah. Meanwhile, we got an update on a story Armstrong and Getty was talking about earlier. A leaked video showing ABC News anchor Amy Robach slamming her own network for allegedly sitting on the Jeffrey Epstein story she did three years ago. Benning to colleagues, network execs refused to air an interview she did with Epstein accuser. Virginia uh, Joffrey. Joffrey claims that Epstein used her as a sex slave, trafficked her to his powerful friends, including Britain's Prince Andrew, and Robach claims the network spiked her story on Epstein under pressure from the British royal family. Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Robach also says that she had evidence on the Clinton connection to Epstein. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. The bombshell claims that ABC News quashed that story's drawn new scrutiny on the controversy's ties to the network's own star anchor, George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos, chief anchor of Good Morning America in the Sunday program this week who's overseen the network's political coverage, had deep ties to the Clintons. Before he became the face of ABC News, he made a name for himself as a senior advisor to President Clinton back in the 90s and ahead of the 2016 election. He pulled out of moderating debates after his $75,000 donation to the Clinton Foundation drew a round of criticism. Um, he'll, have to, uh, he'll have to clean this up. He'll have to make it clear that it never got to my level. Or he's in trouble. I doubt that that's true. Because he's, I, as I understand it, he's the head of the news division yep. for ABC. The, the, and that was a newly created thing. The other networks didn't do that. Now CBS does that. Nora O'Donnell's in charge of the news division for NBC. Right. Um, but so he runs the whole thing. Uh, did it get shut down at a level beneath him? Uh, that'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, um frustrating that the byline gets removed when I remove pictures. Uh, somebody or other wrote a great piece entitled, ABC's excuse for failing to report on Jeffrey Epstein makes absolutely no sense. And they absolutely, no pun intended, but pull down the pants on ABC's excuses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a stunning indictment. Um, it is absolutely clear what happened here. I think virtually every one of the allegations is true. And Cheryl Atkinson. Against ABC or against, against ABC? Okay. And, and Epstein, too, for that matter. Um, you think he was the Prince Andrew? And well, I think it's entirely possible, yeah. Uh, and, there's uh, a cabal of super Alan rich Dershowitz guys that had and... sex parties. I don't know about uh, Dershowitz. Um, and, and it's not just, or that's, it's not necessarily underage girls or whatever. No. They've just, they carried on, man. They got after it. They had parties. They had hookers. They had, you know, champagne and blow. Um, so I don't know who did what, but the quashing the story by ABC, it's absolutely clear what happened here. And Cheryl Atkinson wrote about this uh, with great uh, power and verve, and we interviewed her about it, how the powerful know everybody at these news networks, and they right. push back hard. 
uh, often before stories air, because they have sources. And the powerful involved in the ABC thing, in the Jeffrey Epstein thing, be it Clinton, Prince Andrew, uh, you know, all sorts of money people, they scared ABC into keeping quiet well, on this Clint- story. Clinton and the Royals might have been enough. Uh, That's a lot. Stephanopoulos is tight with the Clintons, and then that wouldn't have looked good for them. And then the Royal ABC, as she says in that that tape, um, they're worried that, well, we'll never get an interview with right. Prince Harry and, right. and Kate Middleton if we run this story. So that was more important to them. Yep. I hope this story isn't over. I hope this lasts for a few days. The National Review, do we have time? Yeah, we have time. Uh, the National Review, um, in their piece that I was quoting, and we'll quote a little more, um, points out that... We certainly know that, well, they get into the fact that Robach said, we had everything. We had pictures. We had everything. Well, we certainly know that ABC didn't need everything or much of anything, for that matter, when it was running scores of pieces online and on television, highlighting every accusation against then-Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. I'm not even talking about the prime accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, whose allegations still been haven't been cor- the corroborated. The crazy gangbang woman and everybody else. But rather about somebody such as Julie Swetnick, who is all over ABC News at the height of the confirmation. Wow, battle. I, I, did, I didn't remember that. Swetnick accused Kavanaugh not only of sexual assault, but also of being president parties where women were being drugged and gang-raped. She wasn't even remotely credible. Uh, yet here is Robach's colleague, former Clinton advisor George Stephanopoulos, meeting ABC's editorial standards by allow, allowing, for instance, Swetnick's shyster lawyer Michael Avenatti to smear Kavanaugh <laughs> without offering a shred of substantiating wow. evidence for her claims. So they had Swetnick on Good Morning America and Avenatti is speaking for her. But he was practically a staffer. But wouldn't run with the Epstein story. Right. That is pretty weak. That is pretty damning. I it, Well, damning. Yeah, it's damning. Now you know what you're dealing with, with the Alphabet News Networks. God, and these are two of your major news networks, NBC and ABC, who covered up for powerful rapists. Incredible. There you go. That's, and child rapists. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Now, phony turned out to be completely phony. She's a crazy person gang rape lady. Right. She got and her now-jailed attorney. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who couldn't have been a slime, bigger slime ball. They got right. they got their time on Good Morning America. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah, just, they were frequent guests. Yeah, maybe some of you are happy about that. I'm not happy about this, it just because I don't think it will get better. I'm not happy uh, NBC uh, Today Show and uh, and Stephanopoulos and company are getting a bad look on them right now because I, I don't think it'll get better. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to have major news outlets that pick and choose the stories the way they do, and it's just it's bad. Yeah, so if you're keeping track at home, NBC utterly shamelessly quashing the Weinstein story, ABC quashing the uh, Jeffrey Epstein story, uh, for the same reasons. Powerful people were involved who, who they didn't want to cross, even though there was child rape and, and all sorts of horrific behavior going on. The very sort of thing that news organizations are designed to do, they knowingly, premeditatedly did not do. All right, then. I got the whole self-partnered versus being married, some of the statistics behind that. At some point, we should talk a little uh, impeachment wrinkle. Yeah, the old impeachment wrinkle. Yeah. Sure, Iron yeah. it out. We'll give you the quick Iron out the, the impeachment wrinkle. It's a whole lot of nothing, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned for all that on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. might offer its streaming service for free if you watch ads. That's what they said. NBC said we got the idea from what we've been doing for the last 70 years. That's a pretty good point, actually. Um, when does Disney's streaming service hit? I've been waiting for that. My kids keep asking me. Next week. Next week? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Apple just started, what, last week? Or? Yes, with a resounding, huh? Too many streaming services. Uh, boy, I think a lot of people with kids are waiting for that Disney one day. Oh, yeah, that I believe. Um, I might and, spring and those that without on. kids are offing themselves, according to headlines I've heard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> more on that in a minute. Um, uh, impeachment. So uh, we're going to talk more about this next hour. Not much more. Not much more. Get, get your hands off that button. Not much more. Just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? The headline Amen. being the headline being the core reality has not changed a bit. Nor will it. Well, unless something big happens. The core reality of the the House is probably going to send articles of impeachment to the Senate, and the Senate is going to say, nah, he's all right. The end. Uh, there there isn't anybody that doesn't think that's going to be the result at this point. Right. I guess they're hoping for something new. I don't know. But. Well, as Willie Brown put it, and we quoted him yesterday, it's a fake cliffhanger in which everybody knows how it's going to end. Willie Brown said that. The great California Democrat. I guarantee you he don't like Trump. Uh, Emma Watson is an actress, I understand. Yes, yeah, she is. Best known as Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter films. She uh, announced she isn't single. She's self-partnered. All right, then. She's just tired of dudes hitting on her. And women and, and who knows what else. That's my guess. Could be. Um, there's some belief in this article about it that it's a um, uh, calling yourself self-partnered covers any, um, the, not my words, the words of uh, this writer. All right. Uh, covers any um, um, narcissist's self-pleasure lifestyle you might be uh, living. Oh. And it makes it sound like you are in a relationship. With yourself. With yourself. That's <laughs> just nonsense. Um, uh, we all know about the epidemic of deaths of despair. We've been talking about this for a couple of years. I had never heard that term before. Mm. Well, because it hadn't been that big a deal before. This could be my greatest challenge. Let me sprinkle jokes in this discussion. It's pretty. Death by despair. It's pretty grim. Pretty grim, the ideas of deaths of despair. That's drug overdoses, alcohol deaths, and suicides. They call deaths of despair. Durr. And they have skyrocketed in the last decade. Or so that's really part of the key to that book about the people there in the hill country that oh, you write. Hillbilly elegy. There you go. J.D. Vance. Your deaths of despair. Yeah. That have particularly tormented white working class families and have lowered overall American life expectancy disproportionately. Um, uh, across America. Check your privilege, people dying of despair. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting when you hear about the whole white privilege thing and all that. And I don't want to get off on that topic, but there are more poor white people than anybody else. White people are killing themselves at an unbelievable rate. Um, and overdosing on drugs and all kinds of deaths of despair. Anyway, that's a separate topic. Um, nobody had ever teased out these. Uh, skyrocketing numbers and deaths of despair with marriage for some reason. Well, somebody did the other day. Hmm. And what they found is, uh, using the death certificates, the overall rise in white mortality of deaths of despair is almost exclusively 
an increase in those who are not married, men and women, almost exclusively. Wow. It has not risen, in other words, among married people. Hmm. Only unmarried people. Even as it has skyrocketed among the population in general. The paper does not address the question of whether changes in family structure are contributing causally to the observed patterns of mortality. But it argues that, uh, you know, we ought to take a look at this. Mm. This talk radio, so I'll be leaping wildly to conclusions. But, yeah, I I think identifying it is step number one. Well, we've been saying this for now literally decades as time is flying by at a horrifying rate. You cannot have fundamental changes in the structure of a society without wreaking fundamental uh, effects, some of which you may like, some of which you will not like a bit. Parents no longer raise their children, and nobody condemns them for it uh, particularly. People aren't not only not getting married, they're not forming couples at all. That's going to have effects. Um, there are a hundred different things. The, the number of people on uh, government welfare programs have now been introduced to the joys and liberation that American Indians have known for a very long time, being dependent on the government. We're having all these giant social changes and don't expect any any differences in 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 the outcomes. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I'll just read a paragraph from uh, David French who wrote. Out of, this I'm ar- sorry, out of wedlock birth is number one example. Number one. This guy named David French wrote this uh, article, and he had a whole bunch of different uh, stories about marriage, and he, including that one, which I thought was interesting. And he said, I'm not sure how much more evidence we needed a thriving marriage culture as a basic building block of a healthy society, but I'll keep pushing that evidence into the public square every time I see it. Yeah, I, I would agree. He also pointed out this statistic that I had never heard before about how uh, divorce is contagious. Study participants are were 75% more likely to become divorced if a friend is divorced. 75% more likely if a friend is divorced. Hmm. And I've seen this go through workplaces and stuff in my life. Really? People that, yeah, people that huh. were friends, she gets a divorce, then she gets a divorce, and he gets a divorce, like within a year. Wow, interesting. Because it becomes acceptable or uh, justifiable or something. You see someone go through it, and you're like, oh, I can, well, maybe it's worth, you know. You, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, I'm just not as observant, and, and I'm the center of my universe, so apparently I didn't notice That's that. That's helpful. I don't... Uh, it narrows I don't the window it. of things you have to worry about. Right, exactly. Why would I care about you? You're not me. <laughs> what can you do for me? So, listen, I don't want to be the typical advocate for one point of view or another that immediately leaps to advocacy when something this important and, and earth-shaking uh, comes to light. I think it's helpful to just understand something before you start, like, shouting at single people. You better get married. The fact that you're not married is a character flaw. You think that's going to happen? Well, right, exactly. Well, kind of, sort of. I mean, you, I think you get... I think it's the other way around, man. I think the marriage crowd lost. I think if you're in the marriage crowd, and especially the marriage and having kid crowd, you better get used to being mocked for your lifestyle. By people who are so ridden with despair, they're probably <laughs> going to be dead by the end of the month. Well, at least that will end the mockery. <laughs> I will tell you this. One of my most searing memories from college. Gladys, if you'd be so kind. One of my most searing memories from college back in the day was a professor in a... It was a political science or philosophy class. I can't even remember well, she was, as it turns out, a Marxist, and I didn't know it at the time, but she was talking about how the family unit is actually uh, a uh, a structure of oppression. 
And that if people are ever going to... And you were paying to have this teacher explain this to you. Yeah, and I was... That makes perfectly good sense. Sitting there wide-eyed and and slack-jawed. How Uh, does this happen? Anyway, it's a separate topic. Yes, it is. Um, I was sitting there just astounded as she was explaining, no, for people to truly be free, the the village or the government will raise all the children communally. And the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the hell are you... (laughs) But anyway, it, it became, as I studied it through the years, um, both in, in the university and then out of it, that a big part of communist theory is that you've got to uh, dissolve the family and put the uh, have the government be the central unit of organization, as opposed to a free society where it is very much your, your family and then your extended family, perhaps your your town, your neighbors. Your bowling league. Um, exactly. Another important structural uh, structure. Anyway, um. There are so many trends in American society these days that are in that direction toward government being more fundamentally involved in your life and how you run it, where you go for help, where you go for assistance if somebody's bullying you. It's all government. Meanwhile, family structure is crumbling. We're voluntarily dissolving the family. I'm not sure how much of it is deliberate and how much of it is people who have that point of view pushing that philosophy and a lot of people buying it i'll tell you what though skyrocketing suicide rates ain't an indication of a happy society